Hi, I'm Mike Sklenz, and this is Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, Episode 121, Bring Back Gargoyles. Uh, We've got two segments on the show for you this week. First up is a breakdown of the recent Nintendo Direct presentation, and after that is an overview of some games Neil recently played at an eShop event in New York. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Connectivity Directly, as I did the dumb motion. Um, We're going to talk about the February 13th or 14th, depending on where you are, 2014 Nintendo Direct. Uh, With me to talk about that is Alex Calafi. Hey, everyone. Zach Miller. Wonder if your songs will still be shit when I'm 64. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Neil Ronahan. Um, And you never paid for drugs. Not once. I wrote a song about an octopus. <laughs> You're lucky we this let you play the drums. This fucking walk hard quotes. There's, eventually, we're going to whittle this down so it's just a segment of Zach and I doing really <laughs> terrible Beatles impersonations, going back and forth, quoting walk hard. Um, so let's talk about this Nintendo Direct. Uh, we're not going to break it down chronologically or anything like that. We're going to break it down system by system. Uh, so let's start with the Wii U, since that should be, I mean, I guess Nintendo's most important console, the one that's failing. Um, <laughs> and the next game that's coming out on that is, uh, well, there's Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. We know about that. And we learned about uh, the next big retail game after that, which is Mario Kart 8, which is coming out on May 30th. Mm. Um, kind of the big news about that was that there are seven new characters, the Koopalings. They're all going to be playable. That's kind of cool. I think it's um, funny that uh, he was saying, you're not going to expect this, but we scraped the, bottle, the bottom of the barrel even further. Yeah, like, I mean... I, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, he thinks we're not going to expect it. No, of course you're going to use tertiary Mario characters. You know what I wouldn't expect? I wouldn't expect other Nintendo characters, but instead, yeah. you just... Uh, seven Koopalings to fill out seven character slots, because that'll be See, easy. I think this is where it highlights, at least for me, I don't know if Zach feels the same way, uh... Alex, I think you're too young to give a shit about the Koopalings. I yep. played Mario 3. I played Mario 3. No, no, no. no. Not, See, you weren't there back in the day. You were, you were too... Like, like I, I, I always hate when people pull out that card, but it's just, it's, it is true here. Because, yes, the Koopalings were in, like, Mario 3 and Mario World. Um, I always loved them in Mario World. I thought oh, that yeah. they had, like, a nice personality shown in that. Especially with the dumb cutscenes where they, like, uh, what is it, Morton gets, like, shot through a fucking cannon... But there were also, uh, there was the really terrible cartoon show, um, which kind of furthered that. And I was watching that shit when I was like five or six. So playing the games and watching that terrible cartoon show, um, I mean, they were characters that I had very fond memories of when I was younger. Um, are they dumb tertiary characters? Oh, of course. And who um, is their mother? Yeah, that's uh, something that will never be answered. But I always thought them as fun uh, maybe all seven of them aren't that great, but like I mean, they're all named after like musicians. There's Roy Koopa Jr. Or no, it's Morton Koopa no, Jr. Just... who's named after Morton Downey. Oh, is he? Uh, Ludwig Ludwig von Koopa, uh, Roy Koopa, named after Roy Orbison. Uh, Iggy Pop. Iggy these are Koopa. not these are not things I knew. Lemmy from Motorhead. That's Lemmy Koopa. Wow. Uh, uh, and. 
I forget. Uh, I forget some of the other ones, but yeah, I mean, they're it's all like, when, like it's like when Capcom named all the Mega Man X seven bosses after or six. Yeah, but I mean, they're they're always ca- the Koopalings were always characters that I that I really enjoyed, um, and I'm glad to see them playable in Mario Kart, even if you know it wouldn't, wouldn't be bad if like you could play as Link or something in that. But so here's the thing, I. Uh... I played Super Mario Advance 4 as my first foray into Mario Bros. 3. Which I never played, so... That came out in 2003, which meant that when I played Mario 3 and beat it for the first time, I was in third grade. Yeah, but you didn't have the cartoon, Alex. I've seen the Super Show. I saw it Yeah, but did you grow up with it? I guess so, if I saw it at the same age you did. I guess I wasn't watching it every week, but if I didn't see a shitty cartoon... I think I'm still justified in saying that adding seven characters to a roster who are extremely similar. I mean, that would be, that would be like me being like that would be like me not really giving a shit about Transformers, even though I watch like I watched that cartoon. I don't really give a years. fuck about the Transformers. Yeah, or like GI Joe, but I don't really have the fond memories of that because even even when I watched it, it wasn't in the zeitgeist at the time. Nope, it was no Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I grew up with turtles. Like that was another thing. But, like, some of that early 80s stuff I didn't grow up with, and even though I remember Centurions, like, they're not as notable to me or memorable. And if someone said they were bringing Centurions back, I wouldn't give a crap. Bring back Gargoyles! I mean... mean, Yeah, I never really liked Gargoyles. Oh, what? (laughs) No. I like like what that guy, uh, Greg Wiseman, did after Gargoyles. I don't know what he did after Gargoyles. Um, Spectacular Spider-Man, Young Justice. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, I like that guy. Another show in there. Yeah, man, good stuff. I, um, I think the core issue here, though, is that to me at least, Mario Kart 8 is kind of looking like a bummer, just as a game in general. Yeah, if this if this is the big news that they have, like it's not like oh we made the single player not dumb. Yeah, like eh, that that does make me worry, and it is kind of funny because in Mario Kart Seven they kind of like whittled it down so that like we only have like this limited roster, and then they're just like here's seven new characters because yeah. why not. Because I think they're probably up to double what they had in 7 at least. <laughs> like, you can't even make the Smash Bros. argument that there's finally going to be a Mario Kart with good online multiplayer. Because as far as I remember, there have Wii already been We and 7 were two. awesome. And yeah. DS wasn't that bad except for snaking. And Wii was fine oh, too. Snaking ruined like, that game. Yeah, no, Wii was... Wii, was I, Wii is my preferred Mario Kart game at this point. Mm. Uh, it's it's just a shame that I mean I guess there's still a few months we could see what happens. Yeah, but it seems like kind of a shame that Mario Kart Eight is gonna be Mario Kart Seven HD. Yeah, or Mario Kart Wii HD. Yeah, maybe they'll have Fawful. <laughs> I okay, think that, that's that, hopeful. That, that would be kind of awesome. Well, uh, that's a good segue, Zach. Hey, uh, because we did find out that Game Boy Advance Virtual no. Console is coming to Wii U. Uh, it's coming out in uh, April. Uh, we are going to be getting Metroid Fusion, Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga, and Yoshi's Island Super Mario Advance 3. Um, and those are three solid games. I think uh, if those were all coming out on 3DS, I would get all of them. I already have two of them for the Ambassador program. Yeah, me too. Um, but I don't know if I'm really going to play these games on my fucking Wii U. I know, right? Like, I, I would be... And I was looking at the, the Japan list. It's even better. Um, of course it is. I'm just just going to bring up the entire list here. Um, in Japan, they're getting on April 3rd, they're getting Super Mario Advance 2, Super Mario World, WarioWare, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, Golden Sun, F-Zero Maximum Velocity, 
and uh, the Japan exclusive Advance Wars 1 and 2, which is a combination of both, both Advance Wars games. And then on April 30th, they're getting Superstar Saga, Fusion, Minish Cap, Mario Tennis Power Tour, Wario Land 4, and Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland. Uh, that's not bad. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's yeah. I think it's pretty easy to say that because they did say like end more uh, when they announced that. So there might be a couple other ones coming out in April, probably from that list. And it's a hopeful slash safe assumption that all those games that are listed there will eventually come out in North America. As long as it came out there originally. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would think Advance Wars. Well, still probably not in that bundle, but right, I think right. we'll get both Advance Wars games in due time. Yeah, I mean, you can tell that they're uh, they're pushing out the Ambassador games first, obviously. Yeah. Um, which, which makes sense. I mean, they want to build their content up. I, I still just think, like, the entire, like, they announced DS Virtual Console coming to Wii U, and now they're finally rolling out Game Boy Advance Virtual Console, and it's almost like, why even mention DS Virtual Console if you're just kind of kind of confuse it by saying that, oh, we, DS is coming soon, but oh, here's GBA, we announced it last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, it's the kind of thing. It's like with DS. It's I would play these if they were on my 3DS. Exactly. I don't think I'll really play them on my Wii U. I'll probably buy Superstar Saga. Yeah, I mean, well, Superstar Saga is phenomenal. I, I have that on yeah. Game Boy Advance. I think I don't know what the equivalent was. I think they were 650 yen each. Well, maybe on, seven, eight bucks. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah that's God. totally fair. Um, that, I mean, if you think if you think price. that like Game Boy Color games are what like five or six, four to six, five or six, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think GBA games for like seven or eight isn't absurd. Yeah. Maybe a little high for some games. Or like for paying eight bucks for Superstar Saga, no qualms here. Yeah, that is it's a- not ten bucks. Yeah. Um, that's Game Boy Advance Virtual Console coming in April. Uh, rattling down the rest of the Wii U stuff, Bayonetta two. Is coming out in summer in Japan. In 2014 is the the window for everywhere else. Um, and then X, or the game from the guys who made Xenoblade Chronicles, the Monolith Soft Project, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, that's coming out in 2014 in Japan. We actually got to see some like full-on gameplay footage as opposed to trailers. Um, and for North America and Europe, the quote is, additional updates will be announced in the future. They're not saying it's coming out. They're saying that additional updates will be announced in the future. Yeah, I um, I definitely don't think it's going to be uh, a multiplayer focused game like we were speculating a while back. I think this is really going a, to be a Xenoblade type sequel with maybe yeah. some multiplayer stuff on top of it. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm excited for this game. Xenoblade's yeah. fantastic. Uh, Glens was going on a rant about how uh, shitty it looked. Well, I that, I don't know. There's no accounting for taste, Alex. And he's editing this week, so that's a terrible (laughs) thing to say. You know what? It's he had the opportunity to come here. So, Mike, sorry, but I'm not that sorry. No, I mean, call the shit. Like like I said, when Mike wailed on how bland this game looks, is that that's kind of what I thought about the first one. And then I played it, and it's awesome. So, it might be this genre that you don't like, but Xenoblade's something special. And hopefully, X continues that trend. So when you say the genre you don't like, are you saying MMO-type games or JRPG-type games? Uh, more MMO. And that okay. kind of, like, super open-world RPG. Sure. Um, I like my RPGs a little more guided. Not, like, Final Fantasy thirteen guided. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I like. I don't know, man. Yeah, Running down that corridor, it means you can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like like I would say like that. That the pace of Dragon Quest games is usually my my preference. Dragon Quest is so good. But uh, yeah. Um, when do you guys think X will come out? Twenty fifteen. Mid twenty fifteen. I think it'll be out by the end of the year in Japan. Uh, maybe early next year. And I think it'll be August or September 2015 at the earliest everywhere else. Possibly even 2016. Hmm. Yeah, the fact that we didn't see a uh, a lick of like English text outside of that one uh, successful marker in the trailer yeah. tells me that they probably aren't that far along in localizing this. To be fair, uh, when, we, when Kirby Triple Deluxe got announced in like, what, November, December, that mm-hmm. was all in Japanese as well. Yeah, but Granted, it also I know, I know that the last January. I, I know that the scale of those games. I mean, that just means that it's not being localized at the time, the same time as development. Which is, I mean, the only games that are kind of done like that are stuff like you know, like a Mario and Luigi or or Pokemon, especially right. Pokemon X and Y. Um, I mean, this X seems to be handled like Fire Emblem was, um, mm-hmm. which Fire Emblem wasn't. I don't think the localization process for that really started until it was either out or just about out in Japan. Um, so that's why I think there will probably be close to a year gap um, between when X comes out in Japan and when, when it comes out everywhere else. Sure. So then the next Wii U thing is NES Remix 2. Why? Nice. Which looks really good because they actually have games that, well, I wouldn't say that all the games in NES Remix suck. I would say that a lot of, well, okay, a Mario Brothers, the original of them one, do. sucks. Um, but most of them just aren't really that much fun to continue to go back to a lot. They're all yep. very simple, whereas this is kind of, you know, adding more complex games. Um, we got Ice Hockey, Wario's Woods, Zelda 2, Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario Brothers 2 Lost Levels, Dr. Mario, Kirby's Adventure, Super Mario Brothers 3, Kid Icarus, Punch-Out, Metroid, and NES Open Golf. Um, pretty good list. Yeah, why not? Uh, Twelve games as opposed to sixteen. Yeah, yeah I mean, but, there but might Alex, be more to that though, that we don't know. Most of the sixteen games suck. I yeah, disagree. I mean, pinball, pinball. I had Bailey. a little bit of fun with the seven challenges in pinball. A little bit. Yeah, of fun. Actually, actually, yeah, pinball wasn't probably the worst offender. Golf might have been, or tennis. <laughs> golf was pretty bad. Yeah. I don't. I don't mind this, this. The golf game in this one is far better than the one. In, uh, I will just say, Excite Bike. Is not a good game. Yeah, you're wrong, Zach. I had some realities uh, altered while playing NES remakes, and that's that I loved Excite Bike as a kid, and that that person was dumb. <laughs> I still love Excite Bike. It is still my jam. I like well, I, I like Excite Bike World Rally a lot. Minutes. That was fun. Mm. What the fuck is Monster Monster Games doing outside of like cleaning up retro spittle? <laughs> it's a bummer. I I really like monster games, and now they're just like the B team for Donkey Kong. Donkey well, Cam. the B team for uh, Donkey Kong could mean Donkey Kong Land Returns on 3DS. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but this is coming out April twenty fifth, also for fifteen bucks, just like the first one. Um, and it's going to come with a a special version of Super Mario Brothers called Super Luigi Brothers that goes from right to left. What? And then, uh, Luigi also has his jump. Or as Iwata said, and um, I feel a little bad pointing this out, he did say <laughs> right to reft. 
Uh, <laughs> like it was I one of those things. Too. Like he was building towards it, and I was I was about to be like, oh, please, please, just talk around, saying right to left, and no. And he's like, and you go right to left, <laughs> oh, man. Didn't he call one of the games also fresh in the presentation? I think he did. I think it was Mario Kart. He he called it some fresh new tracks. Yeah. Which is uh, he's hip to that job. He's has come a long way with his English. He's not all the way there yet. He's real close though. Um, and the last thing, uh, there were some. Well, th- there were some other eShop games uh, that were highlighted a little bit, and I think they're going to get more more play in like the Nintendo Minute videos and stuff. Um, a lot of that was covered in this very same episode in an eShop segment that I recorded with Scott. Um, so we're not really going to talk about those, but we will talk about um, one third party eShop game that was mentioned here that I. I don't really know that much about. It's Child of Light, the Ubisoft RPG. I believe it's by the Far Cry, the Far Cry 3 team, coming out on April 30th. Um, have you guys heard anything about this? All I know is that I've heard that it's an RPG that looks really good it's, and runs uh, on the UbiArt engine. It's basically taking the Rayman Legends engine and doing something else with it. I'm guessing yeah. probably to make some of the money back that was spent on making the <laughs> Rayman Legends engine. Yeah, I, I remember seeing when they first announced the UbiArt engine that it was you know, supposed to be able to bring all these games to life, and really all it did was make two Rayman games. <laughs> I mean, it's being used for this, so I guess maybe we'll see more stuff with it in the future. Um, um, and Child of Light's going to be, I think it's 15 bucks. Yeah. Uh, um, we do have a, uh, I put out the call on Twitter, which we might do more often, I don't know. Um, and Smeet Bass wrote in, saying, uh, is the fact that Ubisoft... Is the fact that Ubisoft is putting an eShop title on Wii U a very small sign that not all third parties have abandoned the console totally? No. Uh, it's uh, Ubisoft is it going to stick around for a little while. It was probably I already mean, planned. Yeah. yeah. If you notice, they're kind of backing out of Watch Dogs. Um, yeah. That's being delayed from the other ones, and who knows if it'll ever come out. My bet is Remember, on no. Yeah, I mean... Remember when? Well, well, I think the bet is is that if Watch Dogs underperforms at all, the Wii U version ain't coming out. Oh no! Because um, yeah. I, I mean that's kind of what happened with Aliens: Colonial Marines, which I would assume that Watch Dogs will not be that terrible Utter quality. Bad shit. But, yeah, um, but I mean that that Wii U version was basically canceled because Aliens: Colonial Marines was that fucking terrible that they just they just canned it. Well, in fact, even beyond that, I heard the Wii U version was supposed to actually be the worst version by far. Yep. That was yeah, so really. it was probably, I mean, if they already delayed it, there we don't know what the entire reason for the delay was, but it was really late in the game. It so like it could just be that they're not going to be able month, to finish it in time. It was long. after the planned release date, I thought. Yeah, well, it obviously it was, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty deep in. Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I don't really think the fact that Ubisoft's putting an eShop title on Wii U is a very small sign. I mean, we didn't get Far Cry Blood Dragon. Um, there's a lot of other stuff that Ubisoft does that we don't get, but we're still getting stuff from them for now. I think that's going to kind of end uh, aren't, aren't this we, year. Aren't we not getting the... Wait, no. Alex, you told me about this just last night. Didn't didn't we get Assassin's Creed 4? DLC. Uh, I played it on PS4, uh, but we're I not getting the Google DLC. Wii U, Wii U does not have the DLC. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm almost. Yeah, I think that's the case. Yeah, pretty much all Ubisoft game DLC is not coming to Wii U. They're Warner Brothers just it. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the DLC wasn't that great anyway. So if you only have the Wii U, I guess. Um, 
we got some Smash Brothers news, uh, kind of straddling the line between Wii U and 3DS. Little Mac is going to be a playable character, which I am a big Punch-Out fan, so I'm super psyched for it. I'm, that was I'm a act- hell of a trailer. I'm actually surprised. Yeah. Uh, once they mentioned Little Mac, I was like, hey, I'm surprised he hasn't been in previous games. He's, like, perfect. He was an assist trophy in, in Yeah, Brawl. he was, yeah, but not a um, actual character. Yeah. And I think part of it is that, like, you know, with the... I mean, he was one of those guys that didn't have a game for so long, and I think... Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think he's seen as more of a Western character, I think, maybe. I'm sure know. that's true. Um, but uh, also, the game was reconfirmed for 2014, which, yeah. I mean, we knew, but when when we have shit for X being like, we're going to talk about it more later, then uh, it's nice to hear when they're like, yeah, this game's still coming out this time, guys. I feel like they uh, they did their reveals backwards in the sense that I think what they should have done is they should have switched the Bayonetta trailer and the Little Mac thing. Uh, so the Little Mac thing would be the one last thing and the yeah. Bayonetta would be the introductory thing. I mean, just to go back a little, I think it was not a good idea to make the Leaving Impression Bayonetta 2. I mean, it's going to be an awesome game and whatever, but it's such a niche game that it's hard for most people to care uh, yeah, if that's the lasting impression of the direct. I mean, honestly, with Bayonetta two, I kind of feel a little bit like how I feel about Mario Kart, and that I'll probably still play it. But and I keep on seeing that, and outside of her hair being different, you could just be <laughs> like, "Here's a video from Bayonetta one," and I probably would have just been like, "Yeah, yeah, that seems right." Yeah, it's not that it looks bad. Like the first game, oh, looked it looks really good. like the first game. It yeah, played really and that, fun. that's not terrible. It's just that it's not it's not exciting. No, right. Um, so let's uh let's go to some uh, tweet like stuff. Um, we got one from Brood War sixty four. It's a two parter. The Wii U's in Dire Straits and Nintendo announced nothing new for it. That's untrue. They announced NES Remix too. <laughs> um, do you think they're saving big reveals for E three or are Smash Brothers? X, Mario Kart, and Bayonetta 2 really what Wii U has left this year outside of Indies. Yup. It's that one. Um, There's one or two more retail games. I, I think, think we don't yeah, I don't think yet. we've seen this fall's the like the holiday release, the big holiday release. I don't think we've seen it yet. That um, NFC game they're sneaking. Uh, yeah, like I think, I think that's going to be this year. Well, Smash there Brothers will, be, will probably be the holiday game. Yeah, well, like I think there's going to be a game to complement Smash Brothers oh, okay. that we yes. haven't heard about yet. Um, and then someone else actually kind of followed that up and somewhat related. Um, it was a uh, Smeet Bass again. <laughs> How about I feel it was so 3DS focused is because the statements Iwata-san made at investors meetings or that at the investors meeting won't start showing until E3. First off, just call me Iwata guys. Ah! Like, we don't need to be, <laughs> he's not going to be reading our tweets being like, they showed me disrespect. Tell them to go stage rift. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, unless you're talking to an actual yeah. Japanese please, please person, understand. if you're an American, there's no point in calling him Iwata son. At the very least, like just call him Mr. Iwata. America. Yeah. If I ever meet him at a future E3, which will never happen because I hate E3, but if I ever meet him <laughs> at a future E3 with my cowboy hat on, I'm putting on a Southern drawl. Senor <laughs> Iwata. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. I'm going. Hey there, Mr. I Watos. <laughs> well, howdy, um, partner. <laughs> Them some fancy computer games you got her. You know what? Uh, I don't know if either of you guys remember the this. Do. It, was like a GDC. it was like a GDC in like 2008 or 2009 where there was that picture 
of Miyamoto with like a fucking bandana on his mouth because they would like Iwata was talking about this whole idea of how Miyamoto would go around and like take someone from like the legal department and just make them play a game. I don't remember. And they that. talked about how it was like random employee kidnapping. That's funny. Uh, th- th- there is there is a legitimate image from a Nintendo like a uh, press conference thing. I think it was at GDC um, of just Miyamoto with a fucking bandana like he's a bandit. That is funny. Pretty good. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're gonna see some some big gun Wii U announcements in in you know at E3. I don't think that doesn't mean that we're not going to hear about anything until then. Um, I, I imagine there will probably be, you know, maybe another game or two announced uh, in the intervening months. But I think at this point, I mean, we're we're less than four months away from E3. Um, I would say we've probably got one, maybe two more biggish directs until then. Mm. Um, so I don't really think there's going to be too much more because we know we know the first half of the year now, and it's depressing. Donkey Kong and fucking mario kart that's it you know i was um maybe i was just remembering it wrong but i seem to recall there was going to be a mario golf for wii u is that not true i no. never heard that I there really... was a wii sports golf okay i really wanted that game to be on wii u i don't know why i thought it was i mean it makes <sighs> it makes sense on 3ds after uh hot shots world invitational or whatever but i really like my golf games on a console I mean, I, I think I, I, after playing Hot Shots Golf on Vita, which, uh, Zach, have you played that? Yeah, I have it. I love it. Yeah, no, um, I, that's how, that's why I think golf games are good on portables after yeah. playing that game. Yeah. I think it set the standard of what golf handheld games need to be. Oh, and sure. I think that I'm really excited for Mario Golf on 3DS, which I guess we're kind of moving right along. Um, sure. Mario Golf got a release date, uh, May 2nd, along with Kirby Trouble Deluxe. So Mario Golf World Tour is kind of worrying me a little bit. Uh, mainly because I think it's not going to be live up to the standards of Hot Shots Golf on Vita. Um, and I'm really excited for Mario Golf World Tour. I Now, even though Mario Tennis Open had its issues, like I still really enjoyed that game, and I know that Camelot can you know make a fun playing sports game. I just think that that's all it's going to be. It's something that will be fun to play, and all the bells and whistles around it will be really boring. It's It's going to live up to the standard of Mario Tennis Open. That is what it yeah. will live up to the standard. Oh. And that's, that's kind of disappointing. It's not that I want an RPG mode. It's just that I want something like asymmetrical multiplayer. Vita. Yeah, like if that's not in it, then I think they failed. It's as simple as that. Yeah, it's it'll be a good game. Like like you said, they know how to make a good game. This will be fine. It'll be a Nintendo game. It'll be polished. Whatever. Yeah, I think you should keep your expectations measured, though. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like like Mario Tennis Open, uh, you know, I wrote a review for it, and I think I gave it like a seven or a seven five. It isn't bad, but like I still put like fifteen twenty hours into that game very easily. Um, so even though it kind of let me down a little bit, like not like it was. It's not like it, I mean it, it was fun. It was just that it didn't have as much substance as would have been nice. And I feel like Mario Golf will be the same way, and that sucks. Yeah, but I still really want to play it. <laughs> yeah um and then kirby triple deluxe uh that came out in japan uh back in january and it's coming out may 2nd in north america coming out may 16th in europe i believe um i'm the more i hear about kirby triple deluxe the more i want to play it um not that it's like you know the most amazing game ever but it just seems like it is a very good entry in the kirby series you know it doesn't reinvent the wheel or anything but it seems to do enough that it's it's going to be a fun fun romp 
I heard it was like baby mode. Like it was really big. See, I've heard different things. Like I've heard some people, like I think 84, um, Uh good podcast. Uh, They help us out with the live show. Uh, You should listen to 84 play. Um, I I haven't lately. I haven't heard what they said about Kirby Triple Deluxe. Um, But I think that they talked about it. But then I, I, I think I saw, like I think Guillaume or someone mentioned on Twitter about it. And then a couple people who were playing it uh replied to him and said that no actually it gets really hard near the end um i mean kirby games were never known for their immense challenge or anything um but Return i feel dreamland like, was reasonably tough yeah dreamland, like, I, feel, dreamland I feel like three is kind of hard yeah i like dreamland three a lot i was playing through that for like the the first first time ever uh when it came out on wii uvc last year yeah um and and Really dug it, but I feel like if I mean if it measures up to Return to Dreamland, then I'm fine with that. Yeah, I like Return to Dreamland a lot. If it's if it's like that, but a different game and portable, I'll probably buy it quickly. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to the 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 out there stuff. Uh, Steel Diver Sub Wars. Uh, they threatened that they were going to make a free to play Steel Diver game, and golly gee, they did, and it actually looks kind of awesome. Um, I'm just going to get get the business out now. It, it was available after the Direct. It is free to play. You've got a portion of the game, and you can pay $10 for the full game. It is made by uh, Vitae, uh, the same company that made Steel Diver. And I believe there are Star Fox references in the game because uh, the I think he's like the founder or director or whatever. Um, he worked on the original Star Fox team. So that's probably yep. what's there. But Alex, you take it away because you've actually played this game. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, we're going to have impressions, hopefully the day after this records or the day of very soon you will see impressions yeah, on before the this is out you will right. be reading impressions from alex okay so i uh played it i like the original steel diver i paid five bucks for it during a best buy sale so i didn't feel ripped off when uh the game was only like four hours long yeah i thought it was good i liked that it was a very deliberate game i liked that it required strategy and it required you to take your time but even though it was slow it wasn't that boring uh this game if i had to describe it using two words and a number i would call it steel diver 64 because (laughs) that is what this game does it basically takes the original steel diver and it just makes it 3d in every sense of the word like uh instead of linear arcade levels now it's basically like star fox command or uh, Star Fox 64 type arenas, where you uh, you turn you 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 fight combat in the same way you would in one of those like uh, Star the Fox versus Wolf. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff in Star Fox. Free range mode, but it's uh, it's a lot slower. Like I think the phrase Iwata used was contemplative uh, first person shooter, which I think is very true because when yeah. you play this online and it does have online mode that does work. Fairly well. What is it, 4v4? I think it, yes, 4v4. Um, when you play the online, you notice that like a first-person shooter, it's very much about getting the upper hand. It's very much uh, about patience. It's very much about knowing where to go and fighting smart. But unlike a regular first-person shooter, you can't just brute force your way through it like you could uh, a Call of Duty. You need to basically use stealth and you need to know where your enemy is. Like you can use the periscope to look around your sub from any direction. And one of the big mechanics of this game is the sonar. So what you do is use the Y button to turn on the sonar, and that's how you can see who's in the immediate area. So one way you can game this a little 
is you can basically stop your submarine because if your submarine is totally stopped, uh, no one can detect you. So that's basically the way you use stealth. You use that and you try to mask yourself. But generally, it is just Steel Diver, but in 3D and first person. If you like Steel Diver, if you are Zach Kaplan, you are <laughs> going to really like this game because it does feel like a proper evolution uh, for the series. Also, the uh, the free-to-play stuff, it's basically like uh, like the Street Pass games, how there's someone who tries to sell you the games, and in this case, it is Peppy Hair from Star Fox. <laughs> He's the one who tries to sell you it. But uh, you get five extra story missions, and you get a bunch of extra submarines that you can use to improve your stats. But the game you get by itself is two story missions uh, out of a total of seven, which I think is what the original game had. Uh, you get two story missions, you get like one sub or two subs. And I then think you two. Get, yeah, two. And then you get the entirety of the online mode. So it's a very good free-to-play concept. Like, you get a full experience that you can enjoy in some capacity. And if you want to pay ten bucks... You can pay ten bucks and you can uh, you can get the full experience, which I think is probably bigger than the original Steel Diver game. Cool. Um, yeah. So, are you gonna drop the ten bucks for it? Uh, we'll see. We'll uh, obviously there's a few avenues to go about this. I'm guessing the only avenue that's going to be open, since you can only pay money through the app, is to actually drop the money myself. But. <laughs> I mean, realistically, like, the options are either I try to use some way to shimmy a review code, or I spend the 10 bucks. And since I don't think there's going to be a way to do the former, I'm probably going to have to spend the 10 bucks on a new Steel Diver experience. But I don't regret it, because the game looks pretty good, and it feels like an actual game. It doesn't yeah. feel like a free-to-play gimped game. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to check this out. I have it downloaded, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah. Um, and we got another free-to-play game. This one's already out in Japan. It's, uh... Called Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. I believe it was called Derameshi Sports Shop in Japan. Yep. Um, and this uh, features different sports mini games for four bucks each. However, you can haggle with the in-game character by like you know listening to his stories or going through like dialogue trees and stuff with him to lower the prices, which is yeah. kind of awesome. It's completely baseball focused, and actually, if anyone wants to, there is. I think Don did at least impressions and maybe a review yeah. for the game. I think, and I think it might have been Danny. I don't know. Someone did. Someone I mean, did. There and I believe that out there. leading up to the release of this in April, um, uh -huh. we're going to be having, uh, I think Don's going to be reviewing the individual games um, kind of leading up to that. So you'll be able to get more of a feel for this yeah. um, before it comes uh, out. Don and I did do a connectivity segment a long time ago, whenever this game came out. Yeah, I think it was last yeah. summer. So yeah, if anyone wants to listen to a podcast with Don and I, there is discussion for like 20 minutes on Darumeshi. Cool. Oh. Um, next up on the 3DS, uh, we're getting the, the Guild Zero One game we never got. Uh, weapon Shop de, de Omasi. Um, you control a weapon shop in an RPG, and the scenario is written by a uh, Japanese comedian. Um, and yeah. apparently you use rhythmic gameplay to forge weapons that are then rented by like heroes for RPGs for their quests. Oh. Um, it seems kind of fun. I remember hearing good things about it. Um, and I know that the only reason why it wasn't brought over originally is that I think that uh, they thought that people wouldn't really get it. But then they brought over Crimson Shroud. And, I mean, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I'm a, I, I will totally check this game out. And that's out uh, next week, February 20th. Yep. 
And I think all the Guild 01 and 02 games are all at a deep discount um, for like the next week or two. So if you haven't checked those out, um, they're, they're mostly, well, they're, they're all interesting and most of them are pretty good. Hmm. It's, uh, is there a Guild 03? No, at least okay. not, not yet. Um, okay. I don't know if it was a huge moneymaker for, for level five. And I know that sure. I think level five has had some monetary hardships. I just feel like we've heard less of them. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like that's probably, if it happens again, it's not going to be right away. Although like next week they're going to announce Guild Zero three, probably. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, there are some creative games that come out of those series. Yeah. I, I just, I love the concept of it. Just, mm. you know, getting some notable developers to do these like five hour games. Yeah, I think five hours is a little too kind. Maybe ninety minutes. I guess it depends on the game. Like Crimson Shroud was kind of cheap. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, like that was like ten yeah. hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for the most part, they're all like two, three hours at yeah. that, if that. Um, we did hear of another uh, level five joint uh, making it to North America for the first time. That is Inazuma Eleven. Uh, this mm-hmm. version is a, I think, some sort of 3DS remake of the original DS game. Yeah. Uh, came out. I think it. 2010. I know I imported the European version when that came out in, I believe, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's uh, 20 bucks on the eShop, available now. Um, I When I played this game, granted, it's been three years since I really played it. Um, the idea is really cool. It's like a soccer RPG um, where like you're in the school and you need to have different people on your team and stuff. The gameplay is like this weird stuff where you're using the touchscreen to move characters around um, and I just remember that's where it kind of fell apart for me. Um, but I'm recalling three-year-old memories on this of a game that I didn't enjoy that much. Yeah, uh, it seems like it's scored in uh, most publications like a six, seven, and eight. So yeah. I'm guessing. Uh, well, we it's have... the first game in the franchise. Yeah, yeah, and we have uh, we have reviews of all the recent ones because they've been coming out in Europe. Uh, and, Don yeah, even put up. Don's I think, been on them. It's the third or fourth one. Um, he put up a review of that. I think today. Yep. He was, um, uh, I, I was editing that this morning, and I was talking to him a little bit about it, and I was asking him if, like, these games are basically uh, touchscreen stuff entirely and no 3D, and he's like, yeah, that's the case for almost all of them. So yeah. basically, it's going to be like uh, the Devil Summoner games, the Shigami yep. Tensei spinoffs, where, like, all your map shit is going to go on the top screen with probably little 3D. And uh, yeah, because at least when, when I looked bottom. in the eShop for this game, it did say that it had 3D images. So, right. there's uh, um, yeah, but that can be anything that can literally be still pictures. Yeah, I mean, well, I like I, I, I haven't played it yet. Um, right, so, so I don't know. I haven't played the 3DS version, rather. Yeah, there is a 3DS game that is actually top screen gameplay, uh, and that is just proper in a Zuma 11 in 3D on 3DS. I yeah. kind of wish we got that, but I'm guessing this is a very story-driven franchise. It is. There's an anime along with it. I think there's actually episodes of the anime on the eShop right now. Yep. If you want to go watch it for some reason. Yeah, there are there are a couple videos. That's true. Um, so the next thing is Pokemon Paddle Trose. I think I'm pronouncing yeah. that right. Uh, that's coming word. out on March 20th for 8 bucks. The Match 3 puzzle game in which it seems like you're uh, you're matching Pokemon together and you're like fighting Pokemon on the top screen. Um... It seems like it could be fun in a Pokemon pinball sort of way. Oh. Who's making it? I guess I should look up who made the original Troze. It seemed like, because I was looking at it, uh, it seems like this is different than the original Troze, because the original Troze just seemed like Yoshi's Cookie. Um, 
and this one seems like it's more like I mean you're battling. Um, so yeah. more like Tetris attack. Yeah, like that's kind of what it seems like because it's like uh you know you're matching a Pokemon and like let's say like you know the Pokemon on the top screen that you're fighting against is like a grass Pokemon and you mm. match together three Charmanders then it'll do more damage. Yeah, uh, that's genius. Sonority made the original one. Oh, okay. Although, oh, so maybe they could be working on it. Yeah, if they're not that, deep that, into Denpa men. Yeah, they are very deep into Denpa men. Yeah, they're all about it. Deep in those Denpa men. Yeah. Um, and the last 3DS thing, and pretty much the, the last thing of the direct that I guess we're going to talk about is uh, Yoshi's New Island had a new trailer, and uh, I just figured it was mentioning because it's the first time that I've seen this game that I'm like, hey, that actually looks really fun. It looks like a Yoshi's Island game now. Yeah, like it, and it, that's the one thing that always threw me off with Yoshi's Island DS is that I know you know they added a lot of these new things with all the different babies and everything, but I just felt like that was kind of getting away from what I liked about the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like this still might not, you know, this new island still might let me down a little bit. It, I mean, yeah. who knows? Right. Um, but it seems like it's it's like taking another attempt at okay, we're going back to the original. And let's try to make a follow-up. And they're taking some of the stuff that they learned from Yoshi's Island DS. And it seems like they might actually like have a good or a better handle on a, mm-hmm. on what was good about the original and what to bring over and what to not like fuck with. Yeah, the uh the plot stuff seems a lot like it actually is a very direct sequel to yeah, the original. Like, like the plot Island. the plot stuff is fucking hysterical. Where yeah. it's the uh for those who don't know, the game opens with uh you know, the, the stork who delivered Mario and Luigi to, like, the, the open hands at the end of the first one, they're like, hey, this isn't our kid. Ah. Um, and then they wind up going going to another island, and uh, who knows what happens from there. Adventure. That's what yeah. well, I, I think it'll be decent. I think we'll see. I, I still think this game could go in a number of directions quality-wise. Yeah. Granted, like we were talking about, probably going to Metacritic somewhere in, like, the late 70s. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, uh, because Alex and I were talking about this because he's reviewing it for Nintendo World Report, and I'm going to be reviewing it for Nintendo Force. We're placing our bets on, uh, where it's going to land up Metacritic wise. <laughs> Not that that's always, you know, the, the end all be all on games, but right. I think if it, I'll be kind of surprised if it cracks the 80s, personally. Yeah. I think there's room for it. I, I think there isn't room for it to crack the 90s. I think there is room for it to crack the 80s. Yeah. I think I made the comment that I think like 83 is the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but we'll see. Um, yeah. I guess before we, we respond to a few more tweets, um, got some notes from Japan. Uh, there's a new Ace Attorney thing coming. And yeah. Shu Takumi, uh, like the original writer of it all, uh, he's coming back. He worked on uh, Ghost Trick fantastic and he hasn't really been involved with ace attorney i know he was involved with dual destinies and alex i feel like you might know this i don't think he was involved with apollo justice either i don't know i'm like i'm not i'm not i'm not james jones deep i'm yeah. just someone who really likes the games yeah and then uh persona q which you might have already known this but it's coming out uh june 5th i think in japan uh that'll probably be a fall release in north america yeah, I, I think I think the Atlas we know and love is still going to be the Atlas we know and love uh, localization-wise. Definitely. Um, I Just going back to Ace Attorney, one thing I did read on, I think, Go Nintendo earlier today, was that the game is going to be drastically different than previous Ace Attorney games. 
which means one of two things. I think it means two D It's another Edgeworth type thing that's not going to be Edgeworth. Like it's going to be another like spinoff series. Gumshoe. Or I would play Gumshoe. I think he is the shit out of Gumshoe. Or they could pull a latent seven, and it's some just shitty iOS exclusive thing. Uh, don't don't depress me. It's <laughs> it's weird to me that <laughs> the last latent game as we know it coming out here in two weeks, um, which means that I'll probably take my sweet time finishing the fifth one. Well, there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be a game that wasn't discussed during the direct uh, Ace Attorney versus Professor Layton. Yeah, well, that's coming out in Europe, I think, in March. Uh, I know that was in the European direct. Um, we yeah, we still haven't got a release date for that. Late summer, maybe. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, they didn't really talk about anything past May, um, mm-hmm. so it could be a June game. Or sure. Nintendo doesn't put anything out in July, so who yep. knows? Um, so let's uh, let's knock out these tweets. Uh, Third rate minion tweeted at us. Do you think enough time was given for indie games at this Nintendo Direct? Do you? you see indie games becoming more prominent in Nintendo Directs? Nope! Um, I, I think th- they got th- as much time as they deserve. Yeah, I think the amount of time that they were given in this, that will be what it is for the long time. Right. Which is good for me. Yeah. Got to see got to see some friends show their faces, show their ugly mugs up on the, uh, the Nintendo Direct screen. Yeah, it's... That was uh, cool. I think me and Neil, we've also talked about this a little... But I think, or we were talking that the future of Nintendo, uh, there will be indies. There will be a lot of independent developers in the future. And, and like there you were will saying, first-party games, been, and that's it. There haven't been any games outside of like eShop releases in the last month or two since since Super Mario 3D World. <laughs> wow, there hasn't. Well, okay, now uh, the the Lego Movie game was the first retail release. Okay, from, that's on good. any Nintendo console. Since November twenty second, yeah. well, uh, yeah, Bravely Default also came out the same day. But it's it's been a long time with yeah. just uh, eShop games, which is which is great for some people. Some people really only play independent games now, which is yep. which is great. It's great that people can have different tastes. For me, I kind of still prefer the big box games. If I had to choose, I kind of prefer my full experiences. I still like some indie games. But I, I kind of like this split of 80% big box games and 20% eShop independent stuff. Look, yeah. all I want is for WayForward to put out Shantae 3 already, and then I'll be happy for a while. Sure. Hopefully that'll be soon. Yeah, hopefully. All right, the, the, last, the, uh, the last tweet that we're reading is from P. P. Chatton. I don't, I don't know. Um, will Pokemon ever be on a virtual console? Not directly direct related, but GBA is being added now. No. Um, mm. I don't think so. No. I think I think if they were going to do it, they'd probably do it by now. The big yeah. problem, the huge, huge problem, isn't like the fact that the games age poorly, or like JP, I think, argued that uh, people who play like Gold and Silver on eShop won't want to buy the new ones. I think the problem is strictly Game Boy Link cable stuff because that yeah, is a big part of the game. It's all about trading. And you they either to have be... to figure that out and do Nintendo work on it, which I don't have faith in them doing. No. They won't come out. And and I think, I honestly think that if, if people new to the Pokemon franchise were to buy Red and Blue, 
uh, let's say they released red and blue a few months before like Pokemon Z and say, Hey, here's how the series started. People would new to the Pokemon franchise, go back and play red and blue and be like, I'm not playing this series. <laughs> also, by the way, have you guys looked lately at what the Pokemon sprites looked like on red and blue? Oh yeah. It, it's, it's very funny. Entirely different animals. <laughs> oh, that's disturbing. All right. Well, on that note, um, I think that just about does it for this uh, special Nintendo Direct portion. Of I miss I miss Yoshi's story. I I kind of like Yoshi's story. Won't Me lie. too. Um, maybe it'll come to Wii U Virtual Console. <laughs> First in sixty four uh, games will have to. Uh, yeah. Um, so let us know what you thought. Email us at connectivity at nintendoworldreport dot com, and we'll probably read it. Um, we like listener mail. Send us more. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. segment of connectivity i'm scott thompson and today i'm joined by neil ronahan hey everybody and uh we are going to be talking today about a bunch of kind of awesome indie eShop games um yeah last but, week or i guess no, it was it was like two weeks i don't even know it, it was, it was last past. week it was in the past maybe maybe it was two weeks ago maybe last week's just when all your write-ups got yeah. to go up yeah yeah that was it that's probably how it worked um so two weeks ago uh, in New York, Neil got to attend a uh, an event that um, featured a bunch of indie eShop developers showing off their games. And I think you played a, a good chunk of stuff, but yeah. I think we've narrowed the list down to what? I think well, five, they, they had a, five games you want to talk about? Like six, eight, six? I don't know. Something like that. Some number between okay. there. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's the kind of thing where just looking at Nintendo's eShop output as of late, I mean, just their game output as of late has been really fucking depressing. And yeah. I've long made the point that since about SteamWorld Dig, like, I mean, there's been a couple, you know, minor releases here or there. There hasn't really been a big, like, eShop 3DS game, like, you, you guys gotta pick this up. And I would argue right. that I don't think there ever was a Wii U eShop game that was like that, except for NES Remix. Um, and that was more shock value than anything else. A little Inferno, I think, was a big deal yeah, at first. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess more near launch, but like last year, I don't know. Were there any? I mean, there was like Runner Two, 
and Muds Deluxe, but those were all like either games you could get anywhere else. There hasn't really been that big Wii U eShop exclusive, and I think some right. of those games are on the way. Yeah. Um, and I think that starting in March, uh, we have a couple games. I I did not did not see anything more about these games, but I know it's stuff like Armillo is coming out in March. There's a couple other things. Some of them are ports of other games, but still, um, I know there are a bunch of games that I'm interested in playing that I haven't played before. So that's cool. Right, exactly. Um, and it looks, um, it looks like March and March to May for the eShop on both systems should be very fun and very busy. <laughs> well, that, that's I think that's a good thing. Like you said, it's yeah. been a little while since we've had like very high quality uh, indie stuff put out there. So Definitely. I'm looking forward to this. Um, the first game we have on your list that you played was Treasure Knots. Yeah, uh, Treasure Knots is kind of like the follow up to Mutant Muds in a way. Um, there is a Mutant Muds 2. That's still far off in the future, I think. I mean, uh, I know I've, I've talked to uh, Renegade Kids Jules Wassum about this in the past because uh, he is very open about what games they're working on. Uh, sometimes, I personally think, way too early in the game. Like, mm-hmm. he was talking about Muds 2 a couple months after Mutant Muds came out, and that was two years ago. Right, and we're still no closer to Muds Two. I feel, but some of that is that because he has that open door policy, you kind of get to see more of the like the early thought process. Um, and he's, I mean, it's it's always good talking to him, um, even if it's just on Twitter, because he'll usually let you know, just like, oh yeah, we were working on a, a game where you played as a Mud for Mutant Muds for a little while, and then some of those mechanics work their way in the Treasure Knots, um, which is super cool. Yeah. Yeah, he is completely like open. He's an open book on Twitter. Yeah. Like you can probably, no matter who you are, you could like tweet him a question, and he will more than likely give you a, a very honest answer. Yeah, and I mean, I think that that works out really well for them, just as a company, because uh, it really yeah. just engenders this kind of like, like a loyalty almost. And I think it's a uh, you know good on them for cultivating that that idea. Yeah. Um, but Treasure Knots, uh, I want this in my hands right now. Um, it's a two D platformer. That seems to, I, I mean, I've heard it like a couple like log lines, like as far as like, it's like this, this, and this, like it's like got Metroid aspects, it's got a map like Super Mario World, and then like you're going around collecting treasure and stuff. And I feel like comparing it to another game outside of saying it is a 2D platformer doesn't really work. Um, yeah. In this game, you control a character, there are many different skins, you select either a sword uh, bombs or like a gun, missiles or something, and then you go out and you collect treasure in different levels. Um, there are four worlds in total. At the end of each world, you will get a different ability that will then unlock things in other worlds. Like I think at the end of the first boss, you get like a double jump, um, and so you just go through these worlds collecting treasure, uh, and it all you know uh, diff- different weapons unlock different things. So, like, you know, you might see that there's, oh, okay, if I had a bomb, I could blow this up and get a bunch of treasure. Um, and it kind of works like Sonic the Hedgehog, where if you get hit, then you, you lose some treasure. Oh, okay. That's kind of the flow of the game, and you you collect treasure, and there are two different modes that you can go through. There's, like, a normal adventure mode that you can save and take your time, uh, go through the different worlds, unlock abilities. There's also one where you have a time limit, and you can't save, and you have to do it all in one go. Um, oh, well. And that was the original impetus for the game, where it was going to be this kind of like speed running hour and a half, two hour game. 
but then I think uh, people didn't like that that much. I know it's the kind of thing that like <laughs> seems really cool in theory, but execution just in the modern age, I don't think it works as well. Um, so that's like a side mode now, and that's part of the reason why the game's taking longer is that they're building a more substantial game around it. Um, but it seems really, really awesome, and you can play it with local local co-op, um, download play, and you would be able to work together with another player to sequence break it. Um, so you could kind of skip the first world and go right to the second world if you wanted to. By uh, oh, cool. You know, kind of like I think you can like do a double jump while working together. And it's just, I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that looks beautiful. Um, everything about it, I just want to play more of it. Uh, and I guess the last part is that they have these weird curse stages that are kind of like ghost houses. That as time goes by, like the world like gets like like black and white and starts to kind of like fade away to a degree and ghosts appear, kind of like Spelunky. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way you can stop that is either by getting to the end of the level or hitting this like jewel that's in the middle of the level. Um, so just kind of neat, neat gameplay twist that you know will show up every now and then in, in each world as a, as a ghost house type thing. And it just the whole game seems really awesome. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that sounds pretty cool. And so, like you were saying, so it does kind of have that Metroid vibe where you go back and explore areas after you get these new power-ups, but it's not one big contained world. Like you said, there's the world map. So after you get the double jump, you would go back to like the first level in world one and be able to get to new places. Yeah. Do we know anything about the power-ups that come after or all we've, all you got to see is just a double double jump jump. and a wall jump. I think are the two that they've like announced. Okay. Um, And then there's, there's at least one other one that they haven't said what it is yet. Okay. Cool. Um, well, relatedly, uh, you also got to see Moon Chronicles. Yeah, um, I've never played Moon before. Uh, when Moon Chronicles comes out in March-ish, uh, that'll be the first time I ever play Moon. Um, yeah, same here, actually. And I've never been super in love with first-person shooters on DS and 3DS. But, I mean, I, I was always curious by this game, and I know Johnny Metz always spoke very highly of it. Um so what they're doing with this thing for this 3DS port is they're breaking the game up into four chunks. And uh, and then they're going to release them episodically. Uh, I think the first first uh, chunk of the game is going to be 9 bucks, and then all the DLC packs are going to be $2 each. So it's going to be $15 for an entire DS game redone in 3D on the 3DS. Um, and it's running on an entirely new engine because uh, they're basically, instead of porting what they did on DS, they adapted it all for the Colt County engine that they worked on. And Colt County is not dead, so to speak, but Moon kind of superseded it because uh, I think they were kind of working on Colt County when they didn't have the rights to Moon yet. Right. And so they got the rights to Moon, and now they're going to they're gonna open this shit up. They're going to have a season two. They might even have more stuff on the way in the Moon universe. Uh, I, think they, I think they just love the fiction. And they want to do more with it. I think they'd love to do that with Dementium as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But... I don't think they're ever going to get the rights to Dementium back, which which kind of blows. Yeah, because I heard that was good too, but that is another one I, I never played. Yeah. Um, um, but I am excited for this. Um, I think it's kind of it's kind of a cool approach. I think kind of breaking it up episodically. Yeah, I think it's the first episodic game on a on a well, I guess on a on 3ds because there were like the the WiiWare adventure games, but those are more. I think they were separate entities. Then you know, having in-game DLC be episodes. 
Right, I was going to say, like, the, um, the strong dad, yeah, like, the strong dad the game and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this is, uh, it's it's an interesting approach. I feel like um, Jules and them, like, they do kind of the most interesting stuff on the eShop. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I think part of that's because they have the experience. Like, they've been, they've been working on the DS since, I think, the DS was pretty much around. Um, and even yeah. that, I know, like, uh, I know with Jules, like, he goes back to working on Arrow the, Arrow the fucking Acrobat back in the Super Nintendo. Um, right. <laughs> and I know, and I, and I know him and, uh, him and Greg Hargrove, the other guy, they co-founded Renegade Kid together. I mean, they, they go back to the, uh, the good days of acclaim. Um, and I mean, th- there's just a lot of people that I've met over the years that came from that era of acclaim that they're all just doing really cool shit now. So it's kind of like out of this company that just went to total fucking ruin came these really nice things. Mm-hmm. Because um, I've, yeah, I've heard so. some stories of uh, of the end days at Acclaim, and it was not a good time. Uh, I can imagine. <laughs> I've also heard stories of them making, like, a South Park N64 game in, like, three months. Which one did they... Which one was that? Um, well, well, Jules and Greg worked on uh, South Park Chef's Love Shack. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that was, like, the kind of quiz... Yeah, party yeah. game. Kind no, that, of game's, one, right? that game's kind of awesome. If you're into, if you want to see some of uh, Renegade Kids, uh, the the co-founder's past work, go check down South Park Chef's Love Shack for the N64. Uh, I think that's what they say is the best version of the game. Is I, that the one you had Jules sign? Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. He was. I think he was very surprised to find that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I got I got Jules and Greg to sign that at last PAX East. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, awesome. those South Park games were largely crap. I think that Shesel Shack was by far the best. Um, mm-hmm. But then uh, I've, I've kind of looked into it more. And yeah, each of those games had like three, four month death cycles, which is like <laughs> the fact that they put together a first person shooter that even fucking works in that short of a time is kind of incredible. Right. But, um. Yeah. So yeah, Moon Chronicles. So uh, that's do, when's the first chapter coming out? Uh, I think they submitted it to Nintendo like last week, and they're shooting for March. Um, oh, okay. I think that Moon Chronicles, the first the first chapter, is going to be out before PAX East. Um, Treasure Knots. Uh, we didn't mention the date for that. That seems like optimistically May. Uh, mm-hmm. More likely, probably the summer. Um, I think it's kind of like best case scenario. If everything goes smoothly, it's going to come out in May, but that's probably not going to happen. Right. Um, but the next game is one that blew me away. <laughs> so yeah, that game is uh 1001 spikes Yeah, or even Hawkins or whatever. And then 1001 spikes. Um, but I think it's more nice to just call it 1001 spikes. Okay. <laughs> um, this is just a, a hard as balls 2d platformer. Uh, retro retro graphics. It was originally it was based off like an Xbox Live indie game, or it's kind of like the sequel to that. That was called One Thousand Spikes. There are way more than One Thousand One Spikes in this game, <laughs> from what I've gathered. Um, and it is very very hard, uh, almost to the point of it, you know, not really being too fun unless you're into that kind of thing. Right. Um, and I haven't seen anything of like the the late game crap with it. But it does seem like something that, like, you know, I might I might get halfway through and just stop. However, the multiplayer in this game seems like it's going to be phenomenal. Because uh, you can play any level with four people. Um, and I think that'll even work on 3DS. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, you can play every, every level with, with four people. Uh, but once you die, then, like, you're out until everyone dies. 
Um, and that's all that's that's really fun because you can you know screw with each other and stuff like that and the levels are short enough that it's not like if you know everyone dies early and one person goes on a nice run like they're gonna be playing for like a minute or two at most mm-hmm. um and then there's other multiplayer modes too there's like a, a single screen deathmatch sort of thing where uh you have to collect a golden vase and then like you know hold it and get coins and whoever has the most coins at the end wins and there's also this one that's uh uh, like it's a uh, scrolling upwards, uh, not like automatically scrolling, but basically you're trying to get to the top of this tower, and there's different levels that you go through, and that's a co-op one where everyone only has nine lives each, and you want to get up to the top, no matter what. Um, and that was uh, that's tons of fun. But the coolest thing about this game is that all the uh, the the like the wink and nods that they have in the bonus characters. Uh, there's a character called Mr. Video Game that resembles Mario and shoots fireballs. <laughs> um, and even when you like play as him in a normal level, that it plays like a kind of like a, a bizarro version of the Mario theme. There is one with a whip that's modeled after the Belmonts um, that plays a version and uh, a bizarro version of Vampire Killer. Uh, <laughs> there is one that's like uh, Arthur from Golden Ghosts that ha- that can withstand two hits. Then he's down to his underoos. Um, there's a Ninja Gaiden Ryu. Um, who, I mean, he has a sword and he can also like stick to walls too. Uh, there's the president that looks like Obama. He's got a machine gun and a <laughs> double jump. And asking why the president has a double jump, you know, because he's the fucking president. <laughs> um, and I know there's a couple other ones, but I can't think of them. But it's still like, I mean, just. Trying the different characters, like there's a zombie where I think uh, once you get hit, then you lose your head, and you, I think you can use your head as projectile. Um, it just it just seems super fun, and it's it's the kind of thing that especially that that multiplayer. I mean, you can both do cooperative and competitive, and it's it seems like it's going to be something that that might be might might catch people by surprise and how good it is because I feel like I just haven't seen a lot of buzz about this game because I remember hearing about the multiplayer but just not paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I've seen it, I will, uh, I'll be, uh, you know, spouting it to the masses. <laughs> um, what, is this for 3DS or Wii U? Uh, both. Oh, okay. Awesome. Um, but I, I think there's something like it might be coming out on Wii U first, something like that, but I'm not entirely sure. Oh, okay. And that one's just set for like a nebulous spring. Um, I think April might be like best bet. That's also coming cool. out on like every other platform too, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and then so next is a game that I remember you and I both seen at PAX, and I remember thinking this game was really awesome, and that is Shovel Knight. It's still that same demo for PAX. Oh, uh, is it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. that kind of sucks. Um, game looks great. Uh, seeing it with stereoscopic 3D is very nice. Um, I just want that fucking game to come out now. Um, Shovel Knight looks red hot. Um, and I mean, that, there's not really that much more to say until I feel like, you know, more of the game's shown at this point. But I think that's going to be real special. And it's a, a feeling that I've had since I first laid my hands on it back at PAX East last year. And that feeling has not gone away. And the last time I had that feeling was when I played uh, Mutant Muds at an E3 before it came out. Didn't really know what to expect. Was on this random meeting with a uh, with this weird, you know, indie dev, and then he showed me this game Mutant Muds, and I was like, "Holy shit!" 
Just leave. <laughs> leave me here with this four-level demo. <laughs> I'll give it back to you later. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about what you do in Shovel Knight? Because besides just saying that it's great, because I agree with you. So anyone who hasn't <laughs> didn't hear us talk about it before or doesn't really know anything about it, what what makes it so great? Um, so Shovel Knight is kind of like this weird mix of Mega Man and Zelda Two, uh, kind of. Um, it's like Mega Man because you fight the Order of No Quarter. Uh, there's eight different knights that all have different abilities, um, and you go through their stages and you beat them. Uh, I don't know if you get, I don't think you get powers from them. Um, and the crux of the character Shovel Knight is that he has a shovel. So you dig and you can also bounce on top of people. Um, immediately everyone thought it was like the pogo stick from, uh, from DuckTales, but now it's more like the downward thrust of Zelda 2. Um, and yeah, it's just this beautiful, beautiful retro styled game with, uh, with, you know, Shovel Knight. And then they're going to be adding all all this other content down the road too. Um, as the game's going to be coming in red hot, it's coming out March 31st. Um, and because they hit a bunch of stretch goals, like they're doing like a gender swap. I think they're adding another playable character. Um, there's going to be a lot more stuff coming out. And I think they have that all worked out with, uh, getting it up on Wii U 3DS and PC all around the same time. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I remember when we saw like, I mean, it, it, totally just has that Mega Man vibe. Yeah. For sure. Uh, that's all I could yeah, think when I watched it at PAX. And yeah. That's the one. I, it might be the one I'm most excited for on this list, I think. Um, yeah. Although 1001 Spike sounds really cool now that you've described it to me. So we'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, Shovel Knight's like my most anticipated game of like the past year at this point. <laughs> um, it, it'll be the kind of thing that like after, after it, it's the kind of game that when it finally comes out, I'm going to be like, shit, what now? Right. Um, I know I've had that with like, I don't know if I've ever really had that with a video game before where I just was looking forward to some game so much that after I finished it, kind of like what next? Like, I don't really know where to go from here. I've had, I distinctly had that feeling with movies where uh, I, I built up the dark, the, the Dark Knight so much in my mind that when that movie came out, I'm like, that's it. Stop making superhero movies. And and then the <laughs> Avengers came out and it was kind of better. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So, yeah. so silly me. Um, And then the last one on your list, which actually I think just didn't yeah, just it's come already out, out. Like last week. <laughs> um, Retro City Rampage DX. Um, but I, I talked to uh, Brian Provenzano. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Um, but just kind of talking to him about the process of kind of updating the game for 3DS was uh, was really interesting. Um, just because he you know, took all the feedback that he got from a game that you know had its detractors and had weird difficulty spikes and stuff like that, and he made all these little changes to this game to to just make it make it a better play experience. Um, and I, I mean still a game that I, that I need to sit down and play more of, but I've, I've always liked what I saw about it. And I mean, it's just the kind of thing that like, I've, I've kind of been paying attention to the development process of the game of like the past fucking decade. And it's just good to see that like it's out, it's polished and it's done. Right. Um, and he's another guy that you talk to him on Twitter. He will be very honest at how he feels specifically about Microsoft. He does not like them. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, follow him on Twitter uh, if you're really curious. 
Uh, I mean, any particular reason why? Um, have you heard anything about how Microsoft treats indie developers outside of, like, Cappy? I think I've heard it's not very good. Yeah, yeah. So he was one of those indie developers, and it was it was pretty pretty awful. Got jerked around uh, with the with the Xbox Live Arcade release of uh, of Retro City Rampage. But, hmm. Yeah. Um. So that about does it for your list. Um. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about, or is um, that Siesta Fiesta is there? That's a the game. <laughs> it's uh so, probably one of the least enthusiastic eShop games I've seen in a while. Um basically you're like this Spanish kid on a bed who's asleep and then mm-hmm. it's like break out. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> that that's it. No, that like there's like levels good. and like you're moving, like it's like scrolling from left to right. That's it. It's the entire yeah, game. Okay. There's levels. <laughs> like you get different balls. Seems like someone saw uh, like that the Kirby breakout game. That was a Kirby's block ball. Like we can do that. And then they did. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I yep. guess uh, you were right to leave it off your list. It sounds <laughs> like. Um, okay. Well, that will do it. So, um, yeah, you can read more about these games and a few others that uh, that Neil didn't talk about, or maybe just that Siesta one. Um, <laughs> Uh, at NintendoWorldReport.com. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and everything there, went there up like last week. As well. Yeah, everything went up about last week, so you might have to dig through a little bit to find it, but it yeah. shouldn't be too bad. So Cool. And um, yeah, that will do it. So, uh, Neil, thanks for being here. No problem. Thank you. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to send your listener mail questions to connectivity at NintendoWorldReport.com. Dot com. And if you've got a moment, please rate and review the show on iTunes.